You're listening to the Deliberative Podcast. Welcome to the Deliberative, your premier podcast all about Exalted. I'm your host, Corey, and joining me today, as always, are Charles. Help! And Jim. How's it going? <laughs> hey, guys. How is it going? <laughs> Secret jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Secret jokes of the third cut of the morning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh man. man, it's good to be back, guys. I, uh, my family and I just got back yesterday from a trip to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Pretty good, pretty good stuff. But uh, you know what? I, I got a, I've got a, I've got a, I guess a moral question for you guys. Okay, so the uh, the, the These last are my favorite. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the last night we were there. I really wanted to just take the family out and walk along the beach in the dark. You know, it's just cool. The, the, the black ocean off to one side and the noise and you can't see the horizon. You can't see anything. Just, you know, just hear the sound of the waves, see maybe the breakers right as they get to the shore. And uh, and as we're walking out there, you know, I just kind of looked back at the, at the condos. And, uh, and I mentioned to my oldest children, I said, Oh, you know, uh, just kind of an, one interesting thing about walking along the beach at night is that uh, it's possible you could see something sort of inappropriate through some of these windows. <laughs> and they were like, <laughs> what? You know? And uh, anyway, so then my wife, she comes walking out. She's like, what are you guys talking about? And I was like, no, I was just telling them, you know, you're walking out here at night. Sometimes you might see something inappropriate in one of those windows. Well, my my wife kind of took that as a, as a challenge. And she's like, let's see how many naked people we can see. And... Uh, <laughs> So, oh goodness gracious! So we 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 got to four. We saw four. <laughs> Jesus, really? Oh yeah. First one, first one was a big guy, and he was just all orange. That was like pretty much all you could see, like from, from where we were. <laughs> just this big orange. She's like, I don't think that guy's got pants on. I'm like, no, no, he doesn't. Uh, and it reminded me of the time I was sitting in the choir at church, and there was a big dude getting getting baptized in the baptistry behind me. And, uh, and he apparently, he didn't have anything on under like the white choir robe that they wear oh, to baptize gosh. folks. <laughs> and I'm in the back <laughs> row, I'm in the base row of the choir, you know, and this dude comes up out of the water and all you see is just like this orange body under this wet white choir <laughs> robe. And there's like, you know, butt crack showing and everything. And it's just like, oh no, just like face palm, like, no, no, no. <laughs> So uh, anyway, yeah. So I don't. I'm not sure what the moral etiquette is of uh, beach walks at night. Like, uh, you're allowed to even look toward the condos, or is it that like you know, is that off limits? I figure like you know, you've got curtains there to to block whatever's mm-hmm. going on. Um, we did see one person like get undressed and then just immediately realize that the curtains were open and quickly run and close them. But um, anyway, so yeah, counted to four. You're like a peeping. Tom I mean, we... <laughs> what a great family vacation! That's some real, some real quality time. I mean, we weren't like posted. <laughs> we weren't posted Kids, up with like binoculars I think if anywhere. We get but... Scuba gear. 
and we come up out of the ocean, they'll never see us coming. Like uh, people from Lost or something. Yeah, I mean, we were just like standing there on the beach facing the condos with like binoculars, like, oh, check out room 304. You know, it was, it was just. But like, we, just we, short of that, though, to be clear. <laughs> like, literally just short of that. It was just, you know, you're walking, you're glancing, and every now and then you're like, look, there's a big orange man. But um, anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, that was fun. But uh, now we're back. And uh, that little break is one of the reasons why we're coming at you four weeks after our last episode. That and one other major gigantic reason. And for that, we'll have to go. I think uh, (laughs) uh, uh, you wanted my opinion on this, so I'm going to give it. You know, you can't just drop a story like that and oh, then just oh, move right on. I'm sorry. I thought you'd already, <laughs> uh, thought you'd already give it. Go, go for it. Go watch it. Here's what I'm thinking. If you're walking on the beach and you just happen to see it and they didn't close the curtains, that's not on you. But if you're like, you know, climbing palm trees and looking in the windows, then you're a little weird. Well, what if you're just walking <laughs> and you're like, let's count how many we see. Ooh, there. Top right. That's top com- right. <laughs> 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 then it's almost like looking for seashells. It, it, I, I think it is. It's the same. Let's exact walk thing. on the beach Morally. and see how many we see. It's. I mean, the seashells are naked. The people are naked. It's the same. It's. Yeah. It's really the same. I. I don't think there's any difference. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been more sure about anything in my life. <laughs> oh man. Well, yeah. So help him sleep at night. <laughs> I slept just fine. Uh, yeah, but anyway, uh, so one of the reasons why we're coming at you uh, later than usual is because we have been waiting for something. Let's go to the news. Well, the thing that is on everybody's mind here uh, within the last few weeks has been what in the world is going on with exigence. I'll tell you what, when the when the Onyx Path double feature with the They Came From stuff ended up i think it started in march ended up maybe beginning of april i was just sure that we were going to have an exigence kickstarter in april and honestly i think i think onyx path was too uh they had submitted everything and kickstarter just whatever reason dragging their feet was not giving the green light we know that there are some things going on over there with Kickstarter and some union issues and some other stuff that's happening. Maybe that's what's causing the big slowdown. We're not entirely sure, but at some point in the last couple of weeks, Onyx Path was like, well, Kickstarter, this may just may not work. We might have to switch this to a different platform. And they started talking about Indiegogo. And then there was a couple of weeks of just talking about that. And now finally, finally, here we are with the Exigence indiegogo campaign now going to get started this tuesday as of the time of this recording and the release of this episode it will be this coming may 24th tuesday may 24th oh right. i see i was trying to find where they said when it was actually going to be released and i could not for the life of me remember where they yeah. said that. yeah it's coming up this week man i am super hmm. excited i have been, i've had some cash saved back just ready for this i've been chipping away at that cash Spending it on other stuff, but I have kept a big lion's share of it ready for the exigence campaign. So I'm I'm very excited to see how that that's going. But we've been you know we've been pl- planning to put out a show on exigence here for a month now, and uh, just waiting for <laughs> the book to drop and the the manuscript previews and all that kind of stuff, and it just hasn't. And so 
that's why we're coming at you a little later than we have been. So but, do you guys know anything about Indiegogo? I mean, I know that it's a crowdfunding site. I've never done well, anything I'm, on I'm Indiegogo. I figure that. But. I, think, I think people's main issue initially with Indiegogo is that... Man, I'm trying to remember what I read. I think that... Uh, okay, so like now the way that Kickstarters work is you you only get charged if something successfully funds, right? It doesn't right, mean right. that the risk is gone because I've definitely paid for successful Kickstarters that then never delivered a product, right? right? With Indiegogo, you're paying up front during the campaign by default, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, it's about the timing um, of when the payment goes through. Right, and it it happens as soon as you pledge. Now, what they've said here, though, is if it doesn't meet the funding goal, which, of course, it's going to, but if it didn't for some reason, no one would actually be charged. Well, so, you, you would you would essentially get a refund at that point because it, it, will, it will dock your, your bank account or your card or whatever it is uh, right up front. So when mm. you say, "Oh, I'm in for thirty bucks," it's like, "Ding!" There you go, thirty bucks. You know, all right, I'm gonna increase it to hundred. Ding! You know, hundred dollars out. And then if it doesn't fund, it'll refund the money to you. Is what I'm understanding. Whereas Kickstarter, you can just keep increasing your pledge or decreasing your pledge throughout the thing, and you're not charged until the very end of the campaign. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, some people. Yeah, are, that's that's a little dangerous sometimes. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Add on another hundred. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> But it like, also, oh, man, it's going to get funded. Some people come up with a grand. Some people want to like get in there um, early with a pledge, knowing that they're going to like raise some money, I guess, or save some money over the next couple of weeks to be able to pay that off when they get there. But with Indiegogo, there, you know, some people have been kind of afraid that there's like, well, I won't have the money up front, so I'll have to wait till close to the end, and that kind of throws off the campaign. It doesn't have the same excitement if everybody's sort of waiting till the end of it to get their money in. Uh, I could, you won't I could see, see that because you, because you're like, oh, I know I could come up with like a hundred bucks, and you go ahead and pledge that, and then it seems like once something's funded, it hits its goal, then all the uh, the little the bonuses come in, you know, like well if right. you get a, get it up a little bit more, we'll do this, yeah. But if everybody waited till the end, does that same bonus structure happen? Yeah, so, well, I it's guess gonna we'll be find strange. out. It's going to be strange. It'll, it will be different than our typical Kickstarter. Uh, I know, you know, it, it will probably end up being a less uh, successful campaign. Maybe. I, 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 mean, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer on it. Mean, I think Exigence is a great book, and I think I think it's going to be a great addition to the game, of course. But, uh, but you know, with Kickstarter, you just have all of the, like, people who maybe don't follow the Onyx Path Monday meeting I mean, our off-the-cuff predictions if, if it was on kickstarter and everything was the same as like it, it used to be i think right. we were we were saying like 300 400 000 maybe i mean that was just yeah, our, our somewhere in there that, that that would be just kind of baseline like middle you know but yeah i mean think about this like if you're on kickstarter a lot like charles is i know because i see all the time things <laughs> pop up like charles just back to this weird role-playing you know obscure role-playing <laughs> product or whatever but uh or jeff yeah, just back don't to this obscure don't kickstarter shame me because just the other day you were like I'd never buy this, but I bet you would. And you sent me some link, and I was like, oh, you know, that does actually sound kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, you, I just imagine there are people on Kickstarter 
who when when their favorite uh, producers or whatever are making new things, it, it it alerts them and they're like, oh, let me go check it out. And yeah. You know, but if those people aren't also following the Monday meeting notes and all this other stuff, I mean, will right. they know about the Indiegogo campaign? Maybe if they have a friend that's like, hey, dude, you need to come check out the Indiegogo. But it, I mean, maybe this is a slim number of people I'm talking about. But I mean, it it does it represents though something that. I think a lot of people are concerned about. Which Why does is... their friend talk like that? Are they ill? <laughs> hey, 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 my last wish on my deathbed. <laughs> Check out this Indiegogo. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, like, like some guy in of, a dark of all the things they could coat. say at the end of their life, they're <laughs> like, "Wait, make sure to follow Onyx's path on Indiegogo." <laughs> oh man, yeah. So. And I know there's going to be some issues with how they get the manuscript previews to people. I mean, that all the, the all the mechanisms that we're used to are going to be slightly different. So, however, we still going to get us an exigence book. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. You know, so, I think there's some. I think there's some real potential for this to be the most thematic fundraiser for their product because exigence by by their very existence are unique. Mm-hmm. and different and this indiegogo campaign is going to be unique and different so like right. maybe so maybe that'll totally play into up. it yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely definitely hope so so we're looking forward to that on tuesday uh i guess it's it's a race to see who backs it first or yeah yeah we'll see well, let I, I, us know how that goes, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> you probably have some macro that, yeah, like, I was about to the say, I got second it hits 2 p.m. Eastern, the bam. Write a macro that just searches Indiegogo for the Exigence campaign, and then, like, yeah. as soon as it finds a hit, it's like, all right, here you go. Yeah. So, anywho, uh, other news: we had a we had a really great uh, final episode in April of the Onyx Pathcast with several of the developers on there, including Eric Minton, which is kind of interesting because I think on our previous episode, we were talking about how these Onyx Pathcast things were great, but where in the world's Eric Minton? We were we were kind of like, you know, missing his input, his voice, because he had been such a big part of the thing, big part of Exalted 3rd Edition early on. He was one of the two principal developers, him and Vance, and then it just kind of seemed like all of the newer stuff they were doing, they were talking this I, I think Elliot we guy. talked about that off-air. Oh, did it, we talk about it off-air? Oh, okay. Well, anyway, yeah. yeah. because... We didn't want to start any crazy rumors, you know. Like. <laughs> yeah, so so it you know it was it was nice to hear Eric Eric's voice back on that podcast, and they talked about a whole bunch of stuff. If you haven't listened to that, well, really all of the all of the Onyx podcast through April, where they're going through Exalted, they have the three three episodes. Is it of the Essence actual play? And then yeah, a couple of episodes of them just discussing uh, new books and whatnot. So in the first just kind of discussion roundtable that they had, it was me- pretty much all about exigence with Vance throwing in a tiny bit of sidereals at the end. But this last, yeah. the last episode in April there, and I think Jim, you said it was like episode 205 or something like that. But Yeah, uh, episode 205. Yeah, that last episode, uh, they really get into a lot of cool stuff. Some across the eight directions stuff, some sidereal stuff. Vance mentions that he's working on some Death Lord stuff, which we know, you know, as these writers have. <laughs> well, he teased it a little bit. It wasn't yeah. direct. <laughs> yeah, but we, but we, we know, you know, now that the Sidereals book has been, you know, the first draft's been submitted, red lines, and the second draft have been submitted. Like the the writers are like kind of done with Sidereals. They are moving on to abyssals, and that 
is a very, very good thing. So I cannot wait to get more Abyssal stuff. I'll tell you what, I've been I've been reading uh, the the very first Exalted fiction novel that uh, that they released like way back, way back when. Uh, early 2000s called Chosen of the Sun by uh, Rich Dansky. And first of all, that book's very good. If y'all if y'all have not read uh, any of those early exalted novels, they are quite good. That one uh, particular I've I've been very pleased with how how well structured the plot is, the characterization, and one of the main characters, a couple of the main characters are Abyssals and they are portrayed in a, in a really awesome way. And uh, the naming conventions were a little bit different back in that first edition uh, time. You know, they don't have these like super elaborate names like they do now. But, uh, but other than that, I mean, the book is, the book is fantastic. It is kind of interesting having to shift gears mentally when you're reading something like that uh, going, okay, I'm not in third edition. I'm not in second edition. This is kind of first edition, you know, like try to put your mind, like what, what's the world like in this era? You know, how do how do things work behind the scenes? So anyway, pretty cool stuff but yeah that that onyx pathcast was really good number 205 make sure you listen to that for lots of good nuggets and i yes. guess if you want to they they gave some information about the sidereal game yeah the the uh many faced strangers yeah uh, adversaries of the righteous and um across the eight directions so pretty much all a books. little bit of yeah well, and these are in the hopper like they're they're coming out so, yeah i mean soon not not super soon, but soon. <laughs> I don't think they said much about Crucible of Legends, which is another one that's in the hopper for coming out, like maybe this yeah. year. Uh, the and what the, is that one again? It's the Storyteller's Companion. I, that's right. That's right. That's and right. I tell you what, like Storyteller's Companions for Exalted have always been some of my very favorite books that they have released each each version, but or each edition. But this one is is going to be kind of unique because those like first edition storytellers companion second edition storytellers companion i feel like now i don't know i don't i'm not sitting here looking at publication dates or whatever but just going by the graphic design of the books and the material that's in there i feel like those two were written very very early on in the publishing uh you know sort of schedule for those two editions uh almost like scraps left on the table when they were putting the core book together whereas this uh Crucible of Legends is coming out like, you know, six, seven years after the core book is written. It's really a chance for them to collect a lot of material about how people play the game and fill in a lot of gaps that have not, just don't have fill in at this moment. You know, I mean, I I just really think it's going to be an extremely valuable, extremely good book. But yeah, they didn't say anything about that on the on the Pathcast. I, I just I, I want to know so much more about what's going on there. Maybe we can talk them into doing something about that uh, here. I don't. I'm not oh, sure also, how far along it is, but it's like when we get um, what is it? When we get Dragon Bloods, we get a whole new slew of uh, terrestrial sorcery stuff. And, oh yeah, yeah. And then Lunars comes out, and you get some more celestial stuff. And then mm-hmm. Siderials is going to come out soon. We're going to get some more celestial stuff. So. We need something that'll throw some more solar stuff in there because you get the yeah. first initial about in the core, and then it's like, when am I going to get some more of this? You know? Yeah. You know, it, it, I, I don't know if I don't know what they'll do with exigence. If if ex, if there are certain exigence that will be able to 
cast solar cir- solar Ooh, circle spells. That's, that's a little scary. I mean, they have they have <laughs> mentioned that like Straw Maiden Janus is essentially like on the level with like the solar power level. Um, mm. I don't know if that means that she could also do solar circle sorcery. I haven't heard anybody mention that. It uh, yeah. will be interesting to see, uh, like, just how all that comes together. That'll be that'll be something that will be really good for us to talk about when when we get some of those manuscript previews and just kind of see what what all's there. So, well, Corey, I want to tell you this. Uh, last night I listened to this Onyx Pathcast again, uh, uh-huh. episode two hundred five, where they're talking to all the developers or mm-hmm. mo- a majority of the developers. Not all mm-hmm. of them were there, but. Something popped out at me that I missed on the first listen. Uh, toward the end, uh, Dixie and Lauren were talking to each other, and they mentioned a mechanics class and a charms class that they send the the new writers through. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why are you guys not doing a webinar and charging admission so that I can go to mechanics class <laughs> and... And charms class. I, I believe they will be offering that class in book form coming this Tuesday. No, I want a teacher. Because <laughs> <laughs> because Rimmer Vance said that he is he is essentially putting his mind for how for how to develop charms and all of that stuff. Like it's essentially his complete thought process that he is writing down in the Exigence book, so that. W- all of us can have as close to the actual Vance method as possible in our hands. So um, I, that's, that's I, I guess that's probably the main thing I'm looking forward to in Exigence. Like more than all the yeah. other cool stuff, I, I just want, I want that like, you know, 801 yeah, guidelines. Yeah, you know, exactly. Because so, it'll help some of those debates like, oh, this is a little too powerful. I'm like, yeah, we're playing Exalted. You yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. Currently, it's the way I I try to make things balance is just by making it very similar to something else that's been written, like using similar language and doing similar sorts of things. I mean, you can make new effects and whatnot, but when you're thinking about like how to how to expand this effect or how to power it up or whatever, I look to you know other examples and just try to word it very similarly. But well, there's some some things out there. It's like essence times a hundred miles. I'm like, that's a pretty big area. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if you were making another travel spell or, or scrying spell or something like that, and you know, you would set similar limits to what's already been published. And I'm sure that's going to be a big part of the uh, the instructions that are given. Or like, well, look at the other examples that we have. But you know, if you're making something brand new, we kind of stick to this. So anyway, I'm just I'm fascinated to see fascinated to see exactly what that's going to look like. But anywho, uh, I guess and I guess this is a newsworthy item. It's newsworthy for us, anyway, but uh, over the last month since we've been gone, uh, the Deliberative has actually been featured a couple of times on Onyx Path stuff. We were mentioned in a Monday meeting note uh, as as one of the, the favorite uh, submissions to their all call for, uh, you know, the, uh, Matthew Dawkins put up a, a post for their Tuesday uh, media thing, this media spotlight that they do, like just asking people to, 
I guess <laughs> the right word would be pimp your own, uh, pimp your own content <laughs> in the content or in the comments. And so I put up something about the deliberative, and then in the, mo- the following Monday meeting notes, uh, they mentioned that uh, they had picked ours as like their favorite of the submissions, which was great. And then on the following Tuesday, they did a whole thing about us on there. So uh, that's very cool, and uh, we're certainly very. Uh, very glad, very happy to have you guys um, recognize us in that way. And if it, there are any new listeners out there as a result of that, well, welcome. And we're glad you're here. So anyway, pretty cool stuff. But we <laughs> want to talk about today. We're just, you know, we're trying to tide everybody over, tide ourselves over even, while we're waiting for exigence. And we thought, well, what's a nice little topic we can cover just to just to sort of keep the plates warm ready for the exigent stuff coming here in a week or so and so i i have something that i've always thought is one of my favorite additions to third edition third edition added a lot of new stuff i mean the a complete overhaul of the combat system it added it added new new ideas with mass combat to make it very easy. It added all kinds of cool stuff with social interaction and intimacies in a way that second edition couldn't even dream of. It added uh, sorceress workings to the whole magic system that just really opens up everything. It added so many cool things. Third edition is is bananas awesome. But there is one tiny thing that they added that I think is my absolute favorite addition to the game in this edition and that is the idea of control spells so if you are a spellcaster and you know several spells you may choose one of them per circle of spell that you know so if you're a solar you you can eventually know terrestrial circle spells Uh, celestial circle spells and solar circle spells and for each circle of spell that you know you can choose a control spell for that circle now of course dragon bloods are only going to be able to get one of these uh wow that that just shows the power level of a sorcerer i mean a a solar solar to have to have three control spell effects yeah so these little control spell effects i mean they're they're kind of small but they add so much depth to a character uh by allowing you to have some some like really wonky powers that don't fit within like a charm or an anima effect or something like that but they give you these these fascinating extra abilities now some of the some spells don't have them and and those are primarily summoning spells especially the elemental summoning and the demon summoning spells none of those spells have control spell effects so uh if you're if you're a sorcerer make sure you you get another spell to be your control spell so you can get one of these cool little abilities but you can actually you can actually build a whole character around one of these uh, just kind of interesting abilities that you pick up by choosing a control spell. Like, for instance, back when we were talking about Regara, I actually built a whole character around the control spell effect of the Unslakeable Thirst of the Devil Maw spell from the Dragon Blooded book. I was trying to build a character that was a lot like Itadori from Jujutsu Kaisen, and this control spell effect from this Unslakeable Thirst of the Devil Maw allows you to always have this like maw this like mouth 
in the palm of one of your hands. There's just always this mouth on your hand, which is weird. And that causes you to be different than just about everybody else who does not have mouths on their hands. And it lets you, when you, when you do unarmed attacks on people, you can actually like do extra damage, You're like sucking moisture out of them or whatever. And so that was so cool. I decided to make that essentially like the linchpin of the character. And so that's the kind of thing that some of these effects allow you to do. Now, uh, some of them are definitely, uh, there, there are different ways that this is implemented throughout the game. Sometimes the control spell effect just gives you a little extra power on the spell, uh, you know, extends the range, does something a little different. But in a lot of cases, it does present you with a, a an interesting new effect or tool in your arsenal. And uh, those are some of my favorites. But anyway, what, what I wanted to do was just kind of go around... And uh, out of all of the current spells that are available throughout the Exalted 3rd Edition core book, the Dragonblood Fire Has Wrought book, and the Lunar's Fangs at the Gate book, uh, which spells are our favorites because of the control spell ability? So who wants to, who wants to start us off here? Charles or Jim, one of y'all want to jump in there? I, I can go first. All right, what you got? Um, mine was Mists of Eventide from the core rulebook mm-hmm. on page 474. Uh, the So essentially it just creates this, like... Uh, well, I said poisonous. I mean, I guess it's kind of treated like poison. Uh, it even says roll against its poison. But it's basically like sleeping gas, right? Right, right. And uh, then if it's your control spell, you can control the dreams of anyone who sleeps within the mist, causing them not only to dream what you command, but physically act out those dreams while sleepwalking. Hmm. I was like, uh, that cool. is horrifying. Yeah, I think you can amazing. even have them like attack their friends and stuff. Yeah, can't you? they yeah. can even be forced... To battle their allies. Yeah, so they're already going to go to sleep if you, they're affected by the fog, by the mist. And so if they are then asleep, you can control them like, uh, oh gosh, what was that Harry Potter spell? Yeah, I used to remember all these things. It wasn't the Excruciamus or Expelliarmus or Wingardium Leviosa. I forget what it is. It's Leviosa. The other neat thing is... It, it even says right at the end, sorcerers with mists of eventide as their control spell sleep fitfully with their eyes wide open that unless really surrounded cool. by the mist. Just like, yeah. ew, gross. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ew, stop. No. <laughs> that, that could be really helpful in like a Zoom call, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. That is a cool one though. That that's very cool. I mean, it just it adds it adds really so much utility to to essentially what's like a sleep, you know, like D and D first level spell sleep. But this is like mm-hmm. sleep plus I control you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty dang cool. What about you, Jim? Which one did you pick? All right, guys, I got a I got a confession to make here. Um, oh, you've been looking in windows from you, the beach using the wrong microphone again. <laughs> No, I actually have the correct microphone. So, um, uh, hopefully you noticed. Yeah. So, my confession is, is when I get the the latest and greatest exalted book, whatever comes out, 
I, I read a little bit about the intro. I go to the whatever uh, scene that's detailed or land area or, or house, you know, whatever, whatever they're Sex. telling you there. And then yeah. I go to character creation and then I go to charms. When I come to the sorcerer chapter, I just skip it. Ugh. Like, I have Ugh. never been interested in playing a sorcerer. And then, so, and, and in, the, in the past, we've designed a spell, so I, I got enough under my belt to just be able to design a spell. Right. Which means you don't have to be an expert to design a spell, because I did one by skimming the chapter. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> this time, I was like, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to read this section. And oh my goodness, this is like world changing, game breaking stuff. <laughs> I thought like carrying a 15 foot long diclave, I could conquer the world. But you could do like, sorcery is just awesome. Yeah. And I think I want one now. I, <laughs> I want to make my, my next guy a sorcerer and just wreak havoc on Corey and just break his game. <laughs> Why is it gonna like, be Like, oh, we got downtime? I'm doing <laughs> a Sorcerer's Workings. I thought they were friends. <laughs> yeah, Sorcerer's Workings. I also have to, I have to fight against always playing a Sorcerer as well. Because I just think they're so cool. And I remember reading that one line in, uh, I think it was a Sorcerer's Workings part, where it's talking about, like, how to make up your own spells, essentially. And one of them one of the examples was you can erase a nation from time and space. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. Oh, just, oh, oh, it's so you, cool. You know, the one, the one that really uh, jumped out at me with some of the Sorcerer's Workings thing is one of them you can add a permanent ability to yourself. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, thought, know, that was I cool. thought this is how Sparky Boom Boom Man might have gotten created. In uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, because <laughs> you're like, is that an ability we can get to be able to shoot this exploding ray out of our forehead? Like, he's not <laughs> like any other character in the Avatar universe. You know, it's like, what if he was the right. target of a sorceress working, adding the sparky boom boom to his face? So yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> it, there's it's so wide open, and it's so the, the sorcerer system is so different in Exalted than all of these other games. You know, like. In D and D or Pathfinder, like half the book is these, these all these little chintzy spells, and when you get to uh, Exalted, you're like, why are they only giving us like eight spells? Or you know, it feels like you're not getting very much, but it's because the the possibilities are essentially endless. Yeah, you could do almost anything with a sorceress working. Yeah. Um. I mean, it is awesome. Yeah. So now that I got off on that tangent about how cool sorcery was, um, let me Glad tell you, you the, welcome uh, to the faith, brother. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the the spell that stood out to me, um, and the spell itself is just awesome, uh, and the control spell or the control uh, effect of or the effect of having it as your control spell is awesome too. Was Shadows of the Ancient Past. And basically what this is, this is like having access to creation's all-seeing security camera. Mm. Like you could basically say, you could walk into a room and say, I want to know what happened in this room 50 years ago on this exact date. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you cast a spell and then all of a sudden everything that happened in that area starts playing for you like a, a an illusion it's the beginning of and serenity can, the movie serenity and you can yeah yeah and then you can 
you can actually pause fast forward or rewind and watch again like you could pause and then do um some investigation like ooh, what is that over there in that guy's hand you know pause and then you know do an investigation check enhance which is stinking (laughs) awesome or you could come up to a corpse and you're like i want to see how this corpse died and then you start casting the spell and then like Maybe you get to watch the last 10 minutes of this guy's life and uh, investigate what happened. But the control, if this is your control spell, you can actually, you can actually record the illusions. Yeah. And then as a sorceress, uh, a shape sorcery action, you can cause them to reappear later at any point in time at no cost. That's that's so amazing. If you were like an exalted lawyer, you're like, no, I'm going to bring this into an evidence. You know? <laughs> Did you hear what she said? Yeah. Key members <laughs> of parliament. Yeah. Your, your honor, if it please the court, I'd like to admit into evidence this. Uh, <laughs> this illusion that I recorded. <laughs> you pull out like a pocket square and wipe your forehead. <laughs> Objection, your honor. He could be creating that illusion just whole cloth right in front of us right now. <laughs> I mean, I joke, I joke about that, but imagine if you are trying to convince a volcano god not to destroy a city, and you could present that, you know, here's what really happened, you know, mm-hmm. that would be cool. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it, and and even like you know, I, you think about like some big bad guy or whatever, show him. Show him the moment that you, uh, uh, you know, killed his wife or whatever. I don't know why that's so evil. Why, why would I think of something so evil? But yeah, yeah. So uh, because yeah, there's you're all excited co- about abyssals. <laughs> I am getting in the mood for it. Reading this uh, chosen the sun book too. I'm like, man, these guys are so delightfully wicked. Oh, I think but, I think it, uh, the the mention of abyssals had an effect on the uh, the the spell that I chose later on. Oh yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, well, that is certainly an, an awesome effect, and uh, it, it would be very useful in a large number of circumstances. Super cool. Just That's the kind of thing that absolutely you build a whole character around. I well, mean, it's like, 100%. you know what? I really, I really miss the Beatles. I wish I could have seen one of their concerts in person. Well, right. here you go. You know? Right, <laughs> I right. I happen to record their entire concert line. Well, I, the the ones I don't, know, that, I don't know how popular they are over there, though. So. The Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> well, the uh, the spe- I actually, you know, there were a couple of them that I I couldn't really decide which one I liked the best, but I've I've noticed something. You know, of course, everybody knows. You know, I the immovable rod. Like I I am a a great lover of the, yeah take a drink of the immovable <laughs> rod from from dnd from pathfinder uh because it's a it's a very simple device that you're able to use in just as many ways as your imagination can provide for you and so uh there are there are a number of control spell effects uh, littered throughout the different books that act very much like that they have that immovable rod effect of giving you the ability to do a lot of interesting little fiddly things. And so two of the ones that I thought were really cool from the core book, it's a celestial circle spell, Magma Kraken, which by itself is just like, you know an awesome, awesome combat spell. But it gives you this, this immovable rod effect of being able to um, interact with fire and kind of control fire in this cool tentacular way. You know, like if you're standing next to a campfire, the, the campfire's 
uh, the little flame tendrils might reach for you as if that you know in the shape of like flaming tentacles uh, or it says you know a, a, a tentacle of fire might come from a, a torch on like a wall sconce and and like snake over and light your pipe you know stuff like that 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 just yeah. oozes good luck cool. explaining that one yeah <laughs> that just well if somebody like gives you any uh you know gives you any grief about it you just summon a magma kraken on their face so um <laughs> you got some problem with the way insane. i light my pipe oh gosh, uh, sorry i'm reading it as you're talking about it. i've never read this one before and it's insane. oh it's nasty <laughs> so bad by the time you get to celestial circle sorcery i mean you're just you're just dominating the world you know i mean imagine the kraken from like the pirates of the caribbean but made on out fire. of fire on yeah made on out of land. lava yeah <laughs> yeah it's ridiculous but uh but the other another one that's maybe not as powerful but is still just as cool and has that has that uh you know that tool like effect is the bloodlash spell which in this edition is in the lunar's book in second edition, it was actually in the uh, the white and black treatise, uh, the, the the scrolls of sorcery book two or three, whichever one it was. But anyway, uh, but in in third edition, it is in the lunar's book, and it it's cool on its own. You know, if you're cut, if you have blood coming out of you, you can form it into a whip. It becomes it has then weapon traits that you're able to whip your blood out and you know smack people around. And as you as your wound penalty gets greater, the, the, the lash gets more and more, you know, sort of deadly and has some interesting powers. It's a super cool spell on its own, but the control ability or the control spell ability for blood lash just says that you can control your blood wherever it is and you can, you can move it around on its own, you know, you can use it as a tool that treat that counts as like an exceptional tool if it is used in different ways. I mean, there are there are all kinds of amazing things that you can do. This is like that toolbox effect that I love so much. Like imagine this. You're you're sitting down to sign a contract and you say, "You know what? This contract is so important to me. I want to sign it in blood." Right? And so you prick yourself, you you, you sign the contract with your blood. And then you walk away and command your blood to just flow off the paper. So it looks like you never signed it. <laughs> I mean, you could do stuff like that. You can use your blood to create a wrench to help I, you. I'd like, I'd like to see how that would work out with a contract with an eclipse cast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Watch out for the guys with the two circles on their heads, I guess. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, just the, just the ability to just, you know, have your, have your blood flow up onto a wall and write a message or... Or, you know, uh, shape it into a scalpel to a scalpel to help you do some surgery on the field. You know, there's just it's so awesome to be able to just your your the blood in your body is a toolbox for and literally a toolbox, an exceptional toolbox for like every kind of thing that you could want. Make it into a hammer. Check out my blood hammer. You know, you Check like, out put my together blood hammer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that ought to be a spell all on its own but yeah i just i love that kind of stuff those two spells give me so many ideas they get my mind rolling and i would and again it's one of those things where i would love to just build a whole character around something like that and just have a blast could with you it. like nick your wrist and like be the blood spider-man or something like shooting webs mm, of blood out? well you would have to have a, a pretty uh, a pretty generous uh storyteller for that <laughs> i'm gonna so, turn no. this into a web like ah, <laughs> yeah yeah so no yeah uh it, is it a tool can it be used as an exceptional tool now well, then 
I guess not. Well, I, I well, is a grappling hook a tool? I think it's mainly talking like with tools. It's like with crafting, you know, like using it to make stuff. But uh, with a with a sufficient stunt, you might be able to pull something. I mean, it is a whip after all, and you know, Indiana Jones he uses a whip to you know whip around stuff and swing or. I think a Luke in the Star Wars Episode Four, where he, you know, takes that little thing off his belt and wraps around. They swing across the chasm there. So, uh, yeah, with an appropriate stunt, it might be useful <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, you know, in, in looking at these, just kind of going through all the ones that are currently available in third. Your edition, GM is sec- secretly tallying up all the blood you've lost. And, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. You fall over. Yeah. I'm going to need you to track that in liters. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can always just go by their wound penalty. You're like, well, how far is it to that tree branch you want to swing from? You know, oh, it's like 30 it's like, feet. Wait, here. you want to make a hammer? I need you to do this math. Yeah. Like, you know, convert uh, liters into grams. Like, Dang it. <laughs> you only have a minus one wound penalty. I'm sorry. The, the whip is only like 10 foot long at this point. Get, come back when you're at minus four. Yeah, but uh, anyway, just kind of looking through all of these different control spell effects, though. Um, I, I've, you know, kind of narrowed it down to like four different, uh, like, kind of effects or boundaries of effects that they seem to have been using uh, for, for all these different things. So here, here are like the conventions of creating a control spell. If you were to do this yourself, if you were to create a spell and then create a control spell effect for it, the things that I've seen them do, uh, one is just make the spell a little more powerful. A lot of spells do this, like Death of Obsidian Butterflies, many other, especially attack spells. Their control yeah. spell effect is just to kind of add a little bit more oomph to it. So you, you do it better than other people if it's your control spell. Uh, be careful with that. Don't get out of hand with it, of course. Like, it does 60 times more damage. Like, no, it needs, you know, it needs to be within reason. But uh, the, the second one is to allow extra control during the effect of the spell. And that's like what we saw with the one that Charles picked, the, um, the Mists of Eventide, where you, you put people to sleep, but then also you can control their dreams. So essentially, yeah. while the spell is in effect, you have some additional control over it. Which well, that's, that's kind of cool. kind of like the one I picked too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yours, yours, because you can record some things and then take it and use it later. Yeah. So that's like that's one of those conventions. A third convention uh, that I is is what I call the immovable rod effect, and that would be for things like magma crack and and blood lash and many others, uh, like the uh, the keel of uh, keel of the mist. Or there, there's one of them. I think it's in the Dragon Blooded book about having your uh, your boat sail on like the fog and it can sail above the, the, the water and all this kind of stuff. And the yeah. control spell effect is like you can always walk on mists and fog, you know, like the cool stuff. Like it's a toolbox, you know, it's the immovable rod effect. Uh, so that's one of them. And then the fourth one, and you see this a lot, is the evocation designing effect for conjured equipment. So yeah, like conjured weapons and armor and stuff like that. These right. are really cool. Those are uh, extremely but, cool. But they require you to create me, me and Charles. Yeah, me and Charles were we were talking about this uh earlier this morning before we started that you're going through and uh you you we were talking about the process of looking like what's our favorite. And I'm right. like there are some that I would pick in the game, but it just it isn't like 
it isn't like you know like oh this is kind of strange and worth talking about it's it's like something like now when you have this as your control spell you get multiply two effect or yeah. you know uh it's essence t- plus this times this now for this effect and i'm like i would probably pick that because it's really good like in the game yeah. or, or it may fit my character but it's like eh, it's not like i mean like, Number three, like that immovable rod effect, yeah, or um, or the extra control. Those are the ones that really stand out. It's like this the, makes this part of the control spell makes it cool. Yeah, yeah. It's just it, they're they're much more interesting. I think. I mean, yeah. If you're min maxing, just doing the one that adds the extra, which I have a habit of doing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you're gonna get <laughs> you're gonna get more power out of that, you know. Uh, but having the having the cool little fiddly bits is what. Uh, I I think I, that I would always choose one that has one of those kind of cool effects. But this, but that thing of like creating evocations. I mean, I know it's like it 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 makes work for you. You know, um, like invulnerable skin of bronze. I think is one of the ones that has this right where you, so you can yeah that's one yeah you power up and you get this like you know super uh, hardened skin. It, it acts like armor. Uh, that's just like spell armor. It's, it's mage armor, right? From uh, yeah from D It's mage, mage armor. armor. Yeah. But it's, or actually, I guess it's more like stone skin or something, something more powerful, iron skin, something more powerful than mage armor. But anyway, it's that same kind of thing. You're casting a spell to encase yourself in armor, and it has this control spell effect of being able to add evocations to the bronze skin. And so you can go look at other suits of armor, like high-powered suits of armor through the Arms of the Chosen or one of the, you know, big splat books or whatever. Yeah. And, and find something that has some really cool evocations and then kind of design some evocations similar to that for your bronze skin. So your invulnerable skin of bronze, if it's your control spell, is going to be different than somebody else's invulnerable skin of bronze because you're custom creating these cool effects for your And for it's kind of cool because it it's almost like you got an artifact, like a yeah. three or four dot artifact yeah. for the cost of one charm. Yeah, well... Sorta, of. I mean, but you're because you do have to actually pay for the evocations, right? So you're right, gonna you have do. to learn those evo. So you create some evocations, then you got to spend the XP to learn them. So it's, I mean, that that's the, you you would have to do the same thing with an artifact too, right? Yeah, but yeah. you're swapping out. You know, it depends on how your character works. You're you know, you get a bazillion charms, but you only get so many merits. So. Right. It could work out in your favor if you if you min maxed it uh, right. Did I, did I say that out loud. <laughs> but as we were talking about in our last episode with the XP uh, expenditures and XP gain and all that kind of stuff, you know those um, those solar and lunar and dragon XP that you get. I wonder what they're going to call exigent XP. I'm just going to call it exigent XP. That'll be an interesting thing to figure out. But uh, but that those extra experience points that you get that you can't spend on normal charms, you can spend those on spells and evocations. And Ooh, so yeah. you just, yeah, save them puppies up and use them to buy lots of cool evocations for your interesting spell that you have, you know. Uh, hmm. Just kind of cool. So anyway, you know, after we talked about that, I'm uh, I'm designing this character for a game that, that Jim's actually going to be running. And I, I was thinking about the, the XP thing and how to earn more. And 
you know, Dragon Blood, we're doing a Dragon Blood game, and Dragon Bloods have this uh, one way of earning the Dragon XP is just by playing out the effects of the Great Curse, because they don't have like a limit track like the other Exalt types do. So if you play out the effects of the Great Curse on your character, you can get two points. So I figured, man, I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to take a flaw to get the other two, because those two are the they're different types. One's an expression bonus, and one is a roll bonus. So I'm going to take a cool flaw, and then always be, uh, always be... Uh, showing the effects of the great curse on my character and boom four extra points per session without even having to worry about all that other fiddly stuff <laughs> so yeah <laughs> anyway that's a little throwback to the last episode but you know one of the things that we wanted to do here you know talking about control spell effects looking at the cool ones that are currently available we thought well maybe it would be cool to go back and look at previously published spells from first edition, second edition, and just pick one each because they didn't have control spell effects back then. Each of us pick one of those spells and try to create our own control spell effect for that spell. So we have done so. And who, <laughs> let's see, we started with Charles last time. Jim, do you want to start on this one? Which spell did you pick? Yes. What does it kind of do? And what is your control spell ability for it? Well, uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, Vance talking about he's thinking about Death Lords. Of course, I was in that uh, frame of reference when I was thinking about spells. So I was in the uh, White and Black Treatise. Uh huh. And I was looking at the necromancy spells. Um, Ooh. So one that really stood out to me was the Hundred Shade Breath. And basically. Uh, the spellcaster or necromancer, you, you bite your tongue or your, the inside of your cheek and you allow the blood to pull in your mouth. And then uh, the breath that you exhale, it turns itself into the forms of many hungry ghosts and they like sweep forward and attack your enemy. I, I'm thinking kind of like um, in the Lord of the Rings, the, the river scene when she mm. like gets in the river and the, the, you know, the, the river takes the form of all the horses and just washes, you know, all, the, all mm. those guys down, downstream. Yeah. I but thought you were going to say one of the, the scenes with all the ghost dudes from the mountain that kind of swept across. Yeah. I was going there next. How'd you oh, know? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when the, when they come out of the pirate ship and it just yeah. sweeps over, yeah. you know, that effect, but it's coming out of your mouth. Yeah. So basically once it, it attacks, you know, the attack goes through, they just kind of like I, I picture it like settling and then sleeking across the ground and then it comes right back into your mouth and then that's the end of the spell. Uh -huh. So as a control spell, I was thinking, you know, if you just wanted to go with like the number one, like it, it adds an, an, uh, an additional attack effect. Right. So when it goes out, Basically, it turns and charges back in and attacks another time on the way back into the mouth if it's your control spell. Mm, yeah. But if you wanted to go with some, like, cool effects, you could have something like, you know, your voice, like, when you speak, just because you have this spell, when you speak, mm -hmm. you have, like, this haunting voice yeah. that would add, like, fear and intimidation, like, yeah. you know to uh, any of your roles. So 
that's that's what I was thinking. You know, if you wanted to give it a cool effect, or if you just wanted to give it some bonus attack, um, the way is shut. Is or if you wanted to go that immovable, <laughs> that immovable rod route, you know, you like spit it out and turn it into a ladder and climb up the <laughs> mountain. <I don't> <laughs> Oh man, yeah. It's like yeah. it's a ladder of hungry ghosts. <laughs> ladder of hungry just... ghosts. Yeah, that's great. I, I I think that this is actually the, um, and and I didn't really realize this until I saw it in essence, but I think this is just this is like the necromancy version of Death of Obsidian Butterflies, it is uh, is hmm. essentially kind of how you would think about this, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. So. Because I think they they have them as like the same spell with different flavors in essence. Like if you're going necromancy, it's this. If you're going regular, it's this. You know, death of any butterfly. So anyway, but very cool. Yeah, I like that. Like just boosting the power. Like the imagery of the whole thing. And uh, man, that I can even imagine the uh, a character kind of being built around this particular. Yeah, even though it's, oh, yeah. it's like an attack spell, the fact that you can like vomit ghosts out of your mouth that eat everybody and then come back into your mouth. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That really is defining. You know, <laughs> if it were any other game in the world, you know, you would be like, you know, some sort of like deity level character. Then with this as your main ability. So, uh, yeah, very cool, very cool spell, very cool control spell effect. Awesome. Uh, well, I guess I'll go. I'll go next since I went last last time. Uh, the one that I picked is also from the uh, White and Black Treatise from Second Edition because I just love Second Edition. Um, but <laughs> the the Dragon of Smoke and Flame is just such a cool spell. I cannot wait to see this implemented in third edition what it essentially is is it's it's magic gps uh is kind of what it is you tell the spell what you want it to find even even to the like general category of things like find me the nearest pizza place or you know uh, take me to the closest walmart <laughs> supercenter you know like that kind of thing and what it does is it just like i maps or google maps yeah it's very much like that it's exalted. the it's the exalted <laughs> version of like you know siri or apple maps or something or <laughs> whatever android people are using these days uh but yeah so what it does is it, this like giant like dragon serpent dragon like comes out of your chest and leads you to the thing that you want and uh it could be a person it could be a place it could be this general thing like find me a, a gold deposit you know in the ground or whatever and it, and it comes out and if it's in the daytime it's like a dragon made out of smoke uh and if it's if it's in the nighttime, it's a dragon made out of like white fire uh, that you can huh, see. I wonder so, where they got that from. Yeah, it, there's definitely some <laughs> biblical overtones here, you know, of like the pillar of cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night. Uh, so it's super cool. So just on its own, this spell rocks, and I want to use it, right? But I was thinking, like, what so could you... before you get into this, I got a question. Okay. Is this a terrestrial, celestial, yeah, or it's, solar? Yeah, it's, it's a terrestrial circle spell. Okay, so imagine combining this with the uh, the other the, the celestial spell that allows you to watch anything in creation. So you can find it, get there, and then watch everything about whatever you're looking for. And both, if you are a celestial level exalted or higher, uh, being solar... You could get both these spells as control spells. Ooh, yeah, and that would be stinking cool. <laughs> you'd be, be like the best. Inve- you'd be like Batman on steroids. Yeah, uh, in far as far as investigating. 
or or Siri on steroids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Sorry, anyway. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, 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 I, no. I that's, that's file, great. File yeah, this but... away in the min max col- uh, column. <laughs> <laughs> you know, finding those cool combinations between your terrestrial circle control spell effect and your celestial circle control spell effect, I think would just be amazing. That's something you want to sit down before before you ever really get started with your character and decide, you know, how is this going to eventually work out? What, you know, what is what are these two abilities going to be joined together? That's a very good point that you bring up. You know, we ought to be thinking about these things as we're setting off on like character creation because you have a goal in mind what you want to get to and yeah putting those two together would be pretty dang cool but uh so so thinking about i i kind of wanted to do this one because i wanted the challenge of thinking of some kind of weird effect that you could add to essentially a, a an apple maps app you know like what kind of effect would you add to that to make it cool and um and so in, in doing so, <clears throat> I wrote it like this. A sorcerer who knows Dragon of Smoke and Flame as his control spell can command the dragon to switch from smoke to flame manifestation and vice versa at will. So if you wanted like if you wanted it to go dark at night so that people couldn't see it, you know, you just switch it to smoke at night. Uh, or if you just, you know, wanted to use it for some sort of distraction purposes, just like light it up in the, in the daytime, people are like, what the heck is that? You know, this like uh, flaming white dragon coming at them or whatnot. Um, but then I also said, in addition, whenever the sorcerer is in the presence of a mural, sculpture, or other artwork that contains an image of a dragon, he can spend, and this is, the spell doesn't have to be in effect for this. Uh, just whenever you're in the presence of one of these things. And of course, in creation, there are a lot of these things. I mean, immaculate monks have pictures of dragons on their clothing. You know, there are statues of the dragons everywhere. So this would definitely be something that you would, you would be in the presence of often. So whenever the sorcerer is in the presence of a mural sculpture or other artwork that contains an image of a dragon, he can spend one moat to mentally command the serpent to illuminate as the white flame version of this spell. This can be used to light up an area or cause a distraction. If used this way in combat, it can provide an additional point of initiative to the ally that is the beneficiary of a distract gambit. So uh, just that a small... That is really cool. It would that be fun. A cool way. Yeah. It, yeah. I like that. It's like t- you could turn on a light in like a in a dungeon or something, a lightless dungeon. See like... Any oh, they, dragons in the room? Yeah. Boing! Like just turn light them on. <laughs> I mean, it's it's different than lighting. It, it's essentially the same effect as lighting your cast mark and letting it shine, you know, but you're lighting it somewhere else. Like, oh, there's a dragon over there. And, and I guess you could even like draw a picture of a dragon on the wall and light it up. <laughs> like, like take a piece of chalk and just like, hey, look at this. Look at my cartoon dragon. Boing! Like turn it on. Uh, so yeah, yeah. It, it Now it, it gives a very small effect in combat you know because this is not its main function its main function is a mapping function so i didn't want to be like in combat it blows you up or you know like no um so i just uh, like if you use this ability while you're distracting somebody normally a distract game and i think has a difficulty of three to five you choose you choose which one you're going to do somewhere between three and five when you use the distract gambit and however much initiative you lose uh, paying for the difficulty of the distract gambit, you grant that to another character uh, who then gains that initiative. This, if this were used at, like in a stunt fashion in conjunction with the distract gambit, 
uh, like lighting up something in the room, you know, uh, then the person would get an additional point of initiative beyond what you paid for the distract gambit. So just a very small combat effect, you know, not, not blowing the, the lid off of anything, just enough to kind of give you a, you know, something fun to, to work into a combat here and there. So anyway, all right, Charles, which one did you pick? I chose raising the earth's bones and uh, it's definitely a dragon blood charm. Uh, and Spell. essentially what it does is it lets you create like a palisade or some kind of outbuilding that you could, you know, command troops from or protect troops from within, right? Right. So I said, um, you know, per the, per the spell in the book, it allows a sorcerer to create a large structure in five minutes. So mm-hmm. I said, if it's your control spell, the, uh, oh, well, I guess I need to talk about the dimensions. So it says that, um, uh, essentially it gives, uh, oh yeah, no structure raised by the spell can exceed three stories in height or depth and available materials limit the sorcerer. So I said, as your control spell, the dimensions of the spell are multiplied by a factor of your essence divided by two rounded up. Because I figure the dimensions of the spell, like making a bigger building isn't necessarily very ground uh, game-breaking, mm-hmm. but that's also a neat way to be like, well, instead of just a little guard post, you can create, you know, maybe at the height of your power, you can create a castle in five right. minutes or something yeah, like it, that, it would, right? If you did it essence divided by two rounded up, then uh, you would, it would essentially double in size at essence three. Right, and so then start, the, yeah, and then it's capped basically at three times, right? right. So it's right. never going to be like you create a, a nation state in five right. minutes, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, but then I also created a couple of evocations that go along with the spell. Okay. Uh, so uh, e- each of these have to be purchased separately, and of course you don't have to purchase them; they're just ways to boost this spell uh so i have expeditious protection prana which says the sorcerer unleashes unmitigated essence to ensure those they care about are protected by using this evocation the sorcerer reduces the time needed to cast the spell to a number of turns equal to 10 minus occult and then each exceptional success while gathering sorcerer's motes while invoking this evocation reduces the casting time by one round. So again, it's just like you need to get it done quickly and you can just mm. dump a crap ton of, uh, um, of essence into this thing and, right. you know, get it, get it up quickly. And then I also have none shall pass. Uh, now each of these I said costs five motes, but none shall pass also costs one level of anima which is a big, yeah, it's like a really big thing in a lot of, uh, well, a lot of Dragonblood charms, but also their spells as well. So uh, I imagine this, you know, earth aspect terrestrial having to like, you know, when when I see spinning a level of anima, it's like extra power being channeled into Mm -hmm. something, like giving up some of that energy that you're building. So this allows the sorcerer to create a truly formidable obstacle. The structure has some sort of extra magical defense, like 
Uh, you know, it can have alchemical cannons or repeating lightning ballistas, or, you know, maybe it summons a horde of single-minded demons or something like that, right? Um, mm. And these grant essence bonus dice on attacks made while in the structure. Uh, so they I don't just... attack on their own, they're just adding? Yeah, 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 because it's like, you know, it seems really complicated to, like, have to now create statistics for these other... You know, if, if you want to say, well, I just call up hordes of undead to attack from out within this thing. I It's just easier to say, well, cool, you get some bonus dice that represents that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see you know, and, cool. and functionally, it's more or less the same thing. Although, yeah. I guess you could just create a battle group, but I didn't want to mess with that. Yeah. Well, I think that's neat. And I think it's also neat that, that you, um, yeah, because we haven't seen this yet with any of the published spells in third edition where they say, okay, this spell can allow you to purchase these evocations. Uh, we see spells that say, like like we just talked about with Invulnerable Skin of Bronze, that say, um, you, you know, if this is your control spell, you can design evocations for this armor that you created and you can learn those. But we haven't seen one published yet that's like, here are a couple of specific evocations that you can take if you know this spell. And I I think that that is, uh, that's definitely a thing that would be cool to see. And, uh, you know, to see some of those things like that, that, that were actually published. Uh, so you don't just have to create it of your own cloth, but they're actually a part of the spell. So, um, so I think that's pretty cool to just create them like that. Uh, and very interesting. Very interesting. And, and such a neat, such a neat spell anyway, just to, mm-hmm. you know, quickly like raise a, you know, fortification building or something like that. It's, yeah. uh, it's pretty cool. <laughs> and yeah, adding these neat little magical bits to it with, uh, extra evocations would, would certainly make that even more powerful. So very neat, very cool. This is, this was fun. I enjoyed looking at this. It, 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 uh, sort of stirs my, my creative juices and my imagination for, you know, just when we see new stuff coming, like, you know, exigence coming, man, I can't wait to see spells in that book. Can't wait to see the cool control spell effects that they come up with. Maybe they even, you know, we, we were able to kind of look at like four different types of control spell effects that they seem to be creating over and over again. Maybe they add a fifth type with a new book that comes out, you know, like, Oh, here's some new cool thing that they did with control spell effects. And we haven't seen this type yet. So it's always interesting to see, what they come up with. So You know, one thing we, we will... didn't talk about is the color of the book. You made a big deal about that, uh, and we glossed yes. right <laughs> over that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Back... <laughs> let's, let's, I just... <laughs> 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 go backwards. <laughs> we'll go backwards for just a second, to, because one of the things in announcing that the Exigence uh, Indiegogo campaign is going to start on Tuesday, May 24th, is that they did show the mock-up of what the book looks like. And we've talked for a bit now, like, what color do you think it'll be? You know, and I, my money was on some sort of yellow. Uh, I can't remember what you guys uh, were sort of holding to. But uh, yeah, I was I was like, yeah, maybe yellow, maybe like a vomit yellow. I don't know if that'd be a pretty uh. book. But yeah. <laughs> vomit yellow of all the yellows, of all the shades of yellow. It's got little chunks in it. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I don't know why yellow kept kept you know popping into my mind. Maybe because of Straw Maiden Janice's hair, I always imagine it being 
like straw colored. I don't even know if it is. Well, Maybe you also think, I think a, it might a be bit black. Of their in the essence book. comes from the sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yellow. I mean, yellow would be it'd be kind of cool. But we we've seen it now, and it is gray. In fact, it is ash gray. And um, and while I did think that was a little strange to go gray because we have like a you know the abyssals are typically black uh, or like really dark gray, and the alchemicals are typically like lighter gray. This is like a, a middle gray. <laughs> so it's like we got all these colors Ash in the gray. rainbow, but we're going to pick three of them on the gray scale. But uh, but however, they did they did give an interesting reason for the way it looks. It's gray and, and the uh, the writing on the cover of the of the deluxe edition is gold. So it has like this gold filigree, the gold characters, the exalted uh, Chinese you know, Asian characters on the front are, uh, are, are in gold ink. And then the book is ash gray. And they said, you know, because the subtitle for the book is Exigence Out of the Ashes, they're saying that the the gold writing on the cover is like the spark that's coming out of the ashes, the mm-hmm. ash gray cover. It looks cool. It does look cool. Yeah. And, and you know, and I appreciate that explanation for why that's the color. However, like, like I, I think I said somewhere, I don't remember where I wrote it, but somewhere where I was making comments on this. Uh, it, you, I, I think you were talking with Rich. Well, I did talk like with Rich you, a little bit about yeah on the Monday meeting notes, but yeah, but you were also about the color. I think it was on our other books on our Discord for the deliberative. Which, by the way, if you haven't joined the Discord for the deliberative, it's fun. We have a pretty lively group of folks on there, and if you want to come join, we put the link in every uh, show description. So uh, just look at wherever you're getting your podcast, and it should have a link to our Discord. It's a permanent link, so come on in and join us. Uh, just have have fun uh, discussing some of this stuff. But I think it was on our Discord. I said. You know, it's really cool that the that the gray and the gold they match this you know out of the ashes subtitle, but but honestly they didn't have to make that the subtitle. You know, like there was nothing about exigence that immediately makes you think out of the ashes. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. Straw Maiden Janice because the god that created her exigence um, died in the creation of it, and so she's her power is kind of like out of the ashes of the god that sponsored her. And yet, that's not required. But for isn't a, isn't it kind of implied that that's not not really? I, maybe saying default is a bit too sweeping. But like, isn't that a pretty typical thing, though? I mean, I guess it's as typical as anything else in the exigence. But you know, there's such a mixed bag. I mean, yes, some I just of the think gods. Somebody over there likes fire because <laughs> you know what fire ha- has wrath and uh, out of the ashes and. Somebody's over there cooking and up magma cracking. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just saying, I'm saying you could have you could have come up with something else, you know, like exigence. It's a banana, it like and then it's and then it's yellow, and it makes sense, right? It's, well, it's a banana. It's bananas. It's it's, banana. I mean, look, it's yellow because the the subtitle is it's a banana. You know, so there you go. It makes sense. See, see, that's what I'm talking about. You understand me? Y'all feeling me? Anyway. Maybe there will be a funding goal where they change the tagline. Like, if we reach three million dollars, we will change it to exigence. It's a banana. It's a banana. <laughs> exigence out of the banana peel. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I'm peel just saying this. It didn't, that didn't need to be the subtitle, so you didn't have to make another gray series of covers but hey listen don't hear this as a complaint because i know the book is going to be gorgeous especially you know you know i 
I, I think I maybe I've said this on the show before. I think the print on demand covers look better than the deluxe edition covers. Now mm-hmm. I have both. I have a print on demand copy and I have a deluxe edition copy of every book. Uh, but so, I, so I'm, I'm clearly not against the deluxe edition uh, covers or whatnot, but I do think that the POD covers are prettier and I can't wait to see how they take this idea of the out of the ashes and the gold writing and all that kind of stuff and pair that with one of these like character uh, character art that they always put on the cover of the POD and, and just have that awesome wrap around from the spine into the back, uh, the back cover. I am really looking forward to what that's going to look like and on the shelf. And I love, I just absolutely love what they've done. I know we've talked about this before, but how they match the books, uh, like the companion books with the covers of the book that it goes with. So like they're the realm and heirs to the Shogunate are like, they're matching their spines and colors and everything match the dragon blooded book and many face strangers. I mean, unless somebody just absolutely had a stroke while designing the cover, <laughs> it should match the lunars, uh, the, like the blue of the lunars book. So, so seeing exigence, uh, from the banana appeal uh, and all of the other <laughs> books that they make, uh, based on that, like tying into the color scheme and everything. It's going to be really cool. And then I, but I do think down the road, they're going to make, make abyssals and they're going to make alchemicals and they're going to look, they're going to be like, man, that's a lot of gray. I wish we would have gone with yellow for that exigence. <laughs> but, uh, we, our hands were tied. Look at the subtitle. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so do you have an opinion about that? Would you like to fight back? Do you think that the banana thing is just going a little bit too far? Are we too fruit <laughs> focused in our We have in been our really discussion? fruit forward in the past couple of <laughs> we're, episodes. We're I'm very noticed. fruit forward. Yeah. So <laughs> if you would like to interact with us here at The Deliberative, please uh, send us an email to thedeliberativepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to talk about your opinions, your insights on our show. And, and if you... <laughs> or whatever fruit you yeah. think the exigence <laughs> book should be based on. But uh, and, and if you really want to, to get in there and, and, uh, and, and sound awesome, send us a recording of your voice uh, with you actually just simply uh, speaking your mind. And we will put you on the show and we will interact with you. Um, so if you've not heard us do that before, we do it. It's like a, it, you know, we have like a message machine and it's like you're a caller into the show. So uh, just try to keep those messages down to about a minute or so. Don't go, don't go, don't send us like a 20 minute long thing because we'll, we will have to just cut like little pieces of it here and there. But, uh, but anyway, we'd love to hear from you. Send those to the deliberative podcast at gmail.com. And we'd love to interact with you and hear your voice on the air. So anyway, I think that's going to just about wrap it up for this week, guys. So if so, thank you for listening to the Deliberative Podcast. Now go forth and bring righteousness to the world as you know best. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. See ya.